Rusty Quill presents. Welcome to Ain't Slayed Nobody. This is an actual play podcast intended for adults and may contain material that some people find disturbing. Please see the episode notes for content warnings and listen with care. If you found our show from Graham Patrick's guest writing on episode three of the Magnus Protocol, you might want to start with one of the campaigns he wrote on. Y'all of Cthulhu, our first ever season, is a complete horror campaign in the Old West. Next, we have Bleaker Trails, which is in the same setting. That has one complete season, and the final season is coming late in 2024. And if you're looking for something shorter and science fiction, we have a six-episode Blade Runner series. Thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you around. Our Discord is slade.me discord. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's 
It's nearly midnight. The four of you, Teddy, Walt, Cecilia, and Albert, have driven up from Arkham through the falling snow to the Longdale House, an orphanage which had graciously taken care of young Eli. Eli's mother, Leanne Paddock, had taken her own life a few nights ago, and yet, through the misguided intentions of her late boyfriend, Eddie Horton, and the passages in a strange, rare tome, she rose once again. Leanne, or what remains of her, now seeks to be reunited with her child. And so you've arrived here, spoken only briefly to the sisters about a threat, and they've agreed to let you see the child, Eli, and ensure his safety. You exit the front office of the orphanage, following Claudette, the youngest of the three sisters watching over the children tonight. The air is still inside, and yet it howls just beyond the walls. The woods stir. Restless. Hungry. Claudette is quiet, but as she walks, she sort of loosens up a little. You know, it's a large building. She sort of points to each of the rooms. This, this is the um, music room uh, where we, we teach the ch- children music. and uh, that, That's one of the, the classrooms on the other side of the hall. And... and then she heads into the dining hall and you see again the rear door. Do you teach floristry to the children? I think maybe our community outreach program would be a... a f- sorry, flor- flor- floristry? What, what, yes, what, yes. What? You know, like flower arrangements and uh, just knowledge oh, of no, flowers. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we try to um, teach useful skills to the children. That... <laughs> oh, the disrespect. <laughs> Cecilia high-fives Claudette. Yeah, yeah girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get him. Some people think music and flowers go hand in hand. I don't know. Not even nuns respect Teddy. (laughs) (laughs) I think especially nuns. All right. This way. She points to sort of the the right side or the east side of the building. This is the the girl's female dormitory uh, where the headmother and and I stay. And uh, these stairs lead to our attic and and these to our basement. Um, Claudette, you said you've, um, you've only recently... Joined the the sisters here? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, only a only a short while. It's been an interesting ex- experience. Experience. Oh, interesting in what way? Oh, I um, just just new things, new experiences. You know. Um, oh. I, I should lock this for the sister. Of course. And she walks to the back door and like locks the rear door and comes back. Can Teddy try to peel off to go to the attic? Oh. Just based on the information that Cecilia relayed, he feels like maybe he won't be missed at this point if he kind of slips away for 10 minutes. He just wants to go see if he can find the pictures in the attic. Sure. Why don't you give me a stealth roll? Oh, I am certainly terrible at that. That's okay. I'm going to give you advantage because she's kind of distracted. I'm going to spend luck if I have to, but let me do the bonus and see. Ooh. Okay. So I'll use seven luck to go down to eight luck. Wow. Here we go. Here we go. Perfect. Yeah. Teddy, you peel off and head towards the attic. Am I stealthy enough that my party doesn't notice too, Harlan? Sure. Oh, nice. Yes. I think it's less that we don't notice that Teddy's not there than that we don't care. That's <laughs> unbelievable bastard. Yeah, there's actual relief. Oh, he's gone. Oh, thank God. Cecilia, did you want to give me a psychology rule as she answers? Oh, wow. Okay, I rolled a 12, and that's going to be an extreme success. Sexy. Wow. Yeah, as she's sort of talking and leading you, and she sort of says, 
It's been an interesting experience. Hmm. You, you can kind of tell she's maybe hiding something. She's a little bit uncomfortable as she speaks. Noting that uh, Cecilia will adopt a kind of almost like a like a conspiratorial gossipy kind of posture and tone. It's so strange that you say that. I, it's hard to ignore some of the rumors that we hear about this place and the strange things that happen here. And she sort of like looks to you and, and looks straight ahead. She's kind of like rumors. Did, did have you heard? Have you heard about it as well? It, I, I've only heard things, you know, words. Uh, same. I, I mean, uh, I was just talking to Edgar about some of the strangeness about how... F- Father Samson. Yes, yes. <laughs> Fully, he didn't give us that name, but yeah, that that guy, yes, that name that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, him, that one. Yeah, it, it, it's odd that it was, was a nunnery and then it closed down and reopened 40 years later. I, I never met him, but what happened to him was shocking, to say the least. Teddy, you're creeping up the stairs to the attic. And as you get to the top, there's like this you know, hatch door that you sort of push open to creak. And it creaks a little. And you push a little more. I, I don't think Teddy's scared. I mean, he, he lives in the flower shop alone. There are some creepy nooks and crannies in there. And he just, uh, he's kind of used to the creaks. And... Yeah, there are. Yeah. <laughs> Flowers creak. What? Flowers <laughs> creak. What? <laughs> How they do. Cup, like, did you dislocate a shoulder on that reach? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's not scared. He's going what for it. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> no, he, I think he just, he feels like maybe he's let the team down in some ways and he wants to find something useful. Amazing. Yeah, so you head up to the attic, this dust-filled attic, and you begin sort of walking towards, there's sort of a a lone window at the far end of a long hall and you begin heading down the way and as you do you kind of glance around you see a bunch of boxes just kind of stacked haphazardly all over the place i'm just going to start like kind of opening the lids and, and taking a peek to see if there's anything that, that draws my eye yeah you open the boxes and you see pictures lots of pictures framed pictures Pictures of children, pictures of the Longdale house, all just sort of stacked in these boxes. And as you're kind of subconsciously flipping through these photos, you you, you pick up one that was taken last year and the year previous and the year previous to that. And as you kind of flip through them, you see that the children are getting smaller and smaller in numbers. You know, there's maybe one picture with 70 children. And then the next year, you know, maybe 60. And then 50. Oh, they're group photos. And then 40. And then as you're kind of flipping to this year, it's paltry. There's maybe like 20 children. And you're kind of flipping through this while Walt and Cecilia and Albert are all walking down this long hall towards the nursery at the end of it. Cecilia, you're sort of leaning towards the sister as Walt and Albert are in the back. Are you guys doing anything, Walt and Albert, as you're kind of looking around? Uh, yeah, Walt is definitely going to be intentional about looking out of every window he passes that is woods facing, just to do a quick temperature check on what's happening, one, outside, sure. and two, if there's any more lights. Yeah, you don't have to roll. You're kind of keeping an eye. You don't see anything as you're kind of going by. Albert, are you looking at anything or doing anything? Yeah, I think just because of everything that's happened today, Albert's going to assume that something bad is going to happen or has happened here somewhere, and is just going to 
be very alert for the smell of blood. Yeah, Albert, as you're walking down the hall, listening sort of to the hushed tones of Cecilia and Claudette, you smell the air, trying to get a scent of blood, but you don't smell anything. However, your eyes are kind of lingering along, and as you're kind of looking around the hall, you do notice that there are a number of empty spaces on the walls, sort of outlines of where pictures used to hang, sort of as if they were all taken down. Can I just point out to Claudette the empty spaces on the walls and just kind of trot and laugh it off a bit and say, the kids around here must be clumsy breaking all those pictures. She sort of turns around and says, yeah, I'm not too sure. Those were, those, those were gone when I arrived. I just assumed that they were going to be putting more up. I, I, I don't really know. The sisters can be silly about stuff like that. Hmm. And the four of you arrive at the end of the hall... The nursery is sort of rounded in the building. There are three windows, one to the south and sort of one on diagonal angles to the east and the west. That kind of shows the front of the house. You see your car covered in snow now off to the left a little bit. And almost in the center of these banks of large paned windows, you see a crib. It's sort of bathed in the shadowy moonlight and the flickering oil lamp candle as you approach slowly to see a sleeping boy just softly breathing away in the night. Meanwhile, Teddy, you're flipping through these photos kind of one after another after another, getting less and less and less. And that's when you get an odd feeling wash over you. You, you, you slide up one of the pictures and you kind of hold it shadowed in the moonlight. You kind of turn it around so it's facing the one window in the attic. Then you squint in the darkness, maybe rubbing dust off it. And your eyes fall not on the sisters, of whom you recognize all except Claudette, obviously, but to the man, Father Samson. He stands very tall and in the front, off to the right, his bald head sort of reflecting, his face grim and vacant. And you recognize him. The last time you saw this man, he was standing on the roof of a building. Oh no. You saw him fall to his death, not 10 hours ago. And as that feeling washes over you, as that feeling seeps under you, the shadow seems to wash over the Longdale house. Meanwhile, Cecilia, Albert, Walt, you are looking down at this small baby and Claudette sort of stands to the side and, and brings the lamp low, illuminating his face, and she says, He's a good sleeper. I wonder then if we might be able to move this crib away from the window. I, I suppose so, maybe, if we're gentle about it. Um, I, I, I guess, yes. And she sort of bends down and she unbuckles the wheels on the cart. Cecilia will help kind of gently ease the, the little guy away from the window. Yeah, and you begin wheeling this cart. Its wheels kind of squeak as you wheel it down away from the window. Albert and Walt, what are you doing? I guess I'll take the opportunity just to check out the window and make sure everything's okay out there. Mm-hmm, yeah. Albert, you approach the window to sort of look through the frosting glass to see the woods outside. You just scan the horizon. 
And that's when your eyes fall upon her. She stands there, silhouetted in the moonlight, the falling snow almost obfuscating her visage. She stands with her hands out to either side. Her fingers seem almost elongated in the dark moonlight. Her hair draped over her face. She's barefoot, standing up the laneway. And she walks with a determination that chills you to your bone. This is Leanne Paddock. And she's walking towards the Longdale house. Shall I make a sand roll? (laughs) Please do. I got a zero one on my sand roll. Oh, Jesus. Teddy, you're holding the picture in the attic. He probably hears Teddy drop the picture in the attic at the same time. Yeah, it smashes as you sort of scramble in the attic, tripping over yourself almost. The realization that this was the man you saw die hours ago. I think like stumbling down the stairs to get back to the group. You stumble down the stairs and you come to the dining room looking around frantically. No sign of anybody. No sign of any movement whatsoever. The snow from the back door now melted. And as you stumble forward, almost tripping down the last step, you fall at the top of the stairs leading down. And you're greeted with a scent. A mossy, earthy scent. One unlike any you've smelt before. It's almost comfortable. Give me a sanity roll. I've passed. I barely passed. I got a 55 under 60. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Fuck. Uh, I was looking at my starting sand. I got a 55 over 52, so I barely failed. Let's get this party started again. Yeah, (laughs) Teddy. The smell is almost inviting. It's calling you forward. It's beckoning you forward. There's a scent that just lingers on your nostrils that says... Are those flowers? Maybe there's a garden down there? That would be odd, but I'm going to check it out just in case. Yeah. I'm going to go down. Teddy, you move down into the basement. You feel the steps wet with age as they stop Mm. creaking and begin sort of sinking softly beneath your steps as you reach the earthen floor of the basement. And you're greeted to a small stone room. You begin looking, following your nose, smelling the corners, until you see it. A small passage that leads off of this room. At first he thinks, oh, maybe I should get the others. This this looks like it could be dangerous, but uh, I don't know. I kind of want to see it first. It's my discovery, isn't it? And he'll just kind of walk down the passageway, you know, cautiously. And you enter a small room with a pedestal in the center. It faces what looks like a stone doorway. It's thick and covered in carvings, and it seems to be slightly ajar. So I'm going to like run my hands across the carvings and see if I can understand them at all. Yeah. I feel connected to the the book. Yeah, you you touch the carvings in the stone. It's again, it's sort of slightly ajar, as if it was once shut but been open, maybe pried open. In fact, your fingers fall upon these chips in the stone as if it's been chipped away, although it seems long ago. And as you feel the carvings all along the stone, that thin passage into darkness that is beyond the stone door, you sort of stare into the darkness for a moment. And you hear a whisper come back. It says, Teddy, 
Mama? Meanwhile, Albert, you are staring at this figure approaching in the snow. It's maybe 200 feet away. You turn to Cecilia and Walt and Claudette, who are wheeling the baby down the hall. Uh, I don't want to alarm anyone, but I just want to make sure all the doors are locked, okay? Um, uh, actually, at this stage, I'm just going to run yeah. full pelt. Yeah, Albert, you run past them. Albert? Shit. He's going to look that nun dead in her face. You need to run. What? Now. Why? 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 Hey! And he's going to snap really loud in her face to try to get her attention where his eyes to eyes. So, uh, Find some place that doesn't have windows and hide. Now. Okay. Should she take Eli or should we? No, we're going to take him. And he's going to reach in. He is going to grab that baby out of that crib. And there's a moment where he's holding, sleeping, probably now getting ready to wake up baby. And it's like, what's going to be the better move here? Cecilia or me? Cecilia or me? Cecilia or me? Do you want me to take him? And it extends out to Cecilia. Takes the baby. She's got the baby. Amazing. And brings some blankets with him too. Claudette runs off into a small side room, shuts the door, and you hear it click with a lock. Walt, you see the silhouette of Leanne a couple hundred feet off from the front. Albert, where did you run to? I'm going to try to find the other nuns and make sure they've locked those fucking doors. Perfect. Yeah, Albert, you are running down the hall. Are you calling out? I don't think I want to attract any more attention than I need to. So I'm going to try to see whether I can hear where the other nuns are or see them. I'm sure they're carrying lanterns around or something, so they should be relatively easy to find, I hope. You're running around and you're looking everywhere you can for these nuns. Meanwhile, Cecilia, Walt, you're standing in the hall of the boys' dorm area. Where do you head? Are you just waiting? Do we see Leanne out there? Yes. Give me a sanity roll. Uh, a d6. Well, three. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that that's probably, like, now that she's holding the child, there is something very kind of, like, maternal in her that clicks on, and now this very obvious danger is, like, rattling her a little more than she has been. Walt, how much did you take? Uh, Walt made it, oh, so... Yeah, I take, like, two. I like it. Excellent. And the two of you are standing there. You see Leanne a couple hundred feet off the front through these large bay windows. The two of you panicking. You're holding this baby, Cecilia. What do you do? Okay, I'm going to run after Albert. Perfect. So we're following after Albert. Albert, as you're frantically looking for these nuns, you turn around to see Cecilia and Walt burst through the doors as well. Try, try, to, try to find the other nuns. Make sure they've got everything locked up. Honestly, I think Cecilia's just going to start calling out. Headmistress! Like, headmother! Yeah, you start calling out, and you burst into the front office to continue to look. Meanwhile, Teddy. You hear this whisper coming from this darkened passage beyond this carved door. Roll sanity again. I I rolled 79, so I did fail yet again. (gasps) Teddy, take 1d6 sanity. Let's, Let's take this to the limit. Yeah. You are a liability. <laughs> Always has been. There we go. So I have four loss, which does put me at one fifth. Or, so that's automatic bout of madness and some indefinite insanity underneath it. Teddy, you are in a bout of madness. You feel the urge to move into this darkened passageway. It's thin, thin enough to slip into. And as you do, you feel the cold wet stone and as you slip into the darkness inside is a frightening visage a man cast in iron screaming leaning forward from the wall roots of trees have grown through the earthen walls of this tight passage as if they're wrapped around this figure 
it sits almost like something of worship. And it whispers to you again. Sir, uh, are you okay? Like, you know, obviously. He's, he's confused. Are you okay? I'm going to get closer and try to help him. I want to help him down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have my tools here. And as you try to help him, you touch this figure, and it's iron. It's like metal. Oh. You go to try to pull it to realize that it's it's like sunken into the wall. He's sort of leaning out of the wall, frozen in a pained scream. Is the face expressive? Just a scream? Yeah. Yeah. Bits of iron that had been melted are dripped between the teeth. Yes, I'm here. How can I help you? The child. Yeah, we're going to help the child. Oh. Which which child? Um, what do I get? Can I touch the figure? Not the face, but like just I want to feel it. Yeah, you run your fingers over the iron. Like you feel the clothes that were once under this figure that have like been cast in iron. Okay. I'll get I'll get Eli. That's uh, yeah. Teddy, you're sort of like inches away from this figure as it's like leaning out from the wall, you know, its jaw almost like five inches from your nose and you're staring up at it in the darkness. Just the silhouette of the lantern that you left on the pedestal in the other room, casting half its face in darkness. And as you squeeze out, you see the headmistress standing there, almost behind the pedestal. And she looks at you. He spoke to you too. Uh, yeah, you... You brought the other children? All of them. What is... What does he do with them? And she sort of walks down off the pedestal and she runs her hands over the carving on the door. The Woken Man. He's been here since before my time. Father Samson found him. She walks around the room, like tracing her fingers between the lines of stone. Bound in iron and wood. He was a powerful, powerful man. And those who witness him are granted power. She looks back to you. He wants Eli. And the Woken Man gets what he wants. You have no idea how old Father Samson was. You have no idea the power he had over life and death. She steps right towards you, Teddy, and you can, like, see her cast in shadow, her face dark, but the silhouette of her garb almost over you. She says, The child. The child must be brought to the woods and given to him. He owns this. Into the woods? Why not just here? Because this is where his body lies. She walks in and like reaches into the darkness, caressing him. But his spirit lies in the woods. Um, if he, if Father Samson had all this power, why did he kill himself? He gave himself over to the walking man to be born anew. 
He lies in these woods now, too. The both of them. And you'll be next? When my time comes. Teddy. And she, like, walks over to you and caresses the side of your face, rounding your cheeks, and she's like, And you are a good boy, aren't you? She, like, puts her finger in your dimple. If I bring the child into the woods, will you let my friends go? There's no reason for them to die. And she turns around and takes a step forward and looks back towards you. And she says, The Woken Man will get what he wants, one way or another. I see. And she leaves. Cecilia Albert Walt, you find the nuns nowhere. You call out to them. All but Claudette has been found, as you can hear Leanne approaching the front steps. Uh, what, what do we do? The first thing we do is we make sure that that door is locked. And I'm going to run over and make sure that door is locked. You check it, it is locked. And as you get to the door, Albert, as you pull on the door just to make sure it thumps with an energy that you've never felt before, intimidating. You feel dust fall from the rafters above with the weight behind the powerful hit. Leanne, Leanne, Eli is safe. He's safe and you gotta know that he's safer without you. Right. An inhuman growl comes from the other side of the door. It's low and rises, turns into a pain scream, a scream of agony and loss. I think Albert just backs away from the door. Where the fuck is Teddy? That is the least of our problems right now. Albert, can you start a car without the keys? Uh, I can try. That didn't sound real confident. Okay. I'm, I, I, I never tried. I mean, it's got a lock on it. I'm, I'm good with locks. Yeah, I can probably start it, but... The door thumps. Anger behind it. Leanne is trying to break through the door. You fear that it's starting to work. Okay. Look, we got to shore up this door. Uh, give me a hand. we got to find furniture. Pilots in front of this door, right? Yeah. I, I can't. I'm not putting him down. Well, give me a hand. Yeah, I'm here. Um... And he's just gonna, you know, grab the nearest bin, find him that couch, whatever he can to kind of sure up that door. Albert, I'm not saying this isn't the best use of our time right now, but I think we might be better off racing down those keys. Those keys ain't got to be a lot of use to us if we did. Got it. Albert, Walt, you drag the couch out from the front office and desks and you push them up to the front doors as they breaking in. Uh, you see splinters in the corners as this powerful, powerful creature tries to make its way into the Longdale house. Let's hope she doesn't remember windows. Cecilia, while we're doing this, do you want to try to find the nuns? Of course, yeah. Claudette did point out where her and the headmother's like residences are, so I think that she would go check the headmother's residence. Yep. Cecilia, you run down to the headmother's residence, which was kind of the nasty one, and you bang on the door, and uh, as you do, it sort of swings open, and you see a relatively well-lived room. There's a window to the outside. You see snow falling in thick chunks. Her lantern is here, and as you begin looking around, you do see a closet. You do see a bed. You see sort of a number of uh, items laid out, but you don't see her... Do you feel like it would be easy to kind of put two and two together and understand that, like, if this is the headmother's 
residents, then probably, since this looks pretty symmetrical, <laughs> if I just run down this hallway, I would end up at the headmistress's. Absolutely. Yeah. I would imagine even Claudette maybe pointed it out. You know what I mean? Okay, great. Yeah, so she's, that's her next stop then. She'll run there, calling out again. Yeah, you run down, calling out the entire way, and as you burst into the headmistress's room, you see her standing there startled. She sort of turns around and says, How can I help you? What's going on? Uh, headmistress, th- there's, um, uh, th- there's someone trying to get in, and I-, I think that they may, um, they may be coming for Eli. Who? I'm not sure, I don't know. Um, th- it's just someone's banging on the door. What are your friends doing? They're, they're trying to blockade it. They're trying to, um, to keep them out. Well, go help them. Here, give me Eli. She holds her hands out. Um, uh, I, I think that I should... That I should hold on to, but maybe you can help. You know where all of the, um... Uh, is there anything else that we could use to, uh... Please, to, to... Cecilia, give me the child. You should, you're, I'm too old and too weak to be helping board up the doors. No, 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 no just to, to, to instruct them, just to help them find things that might be helpful for... Or... And she, like, takes a half-step towards you. Cecilia, give me the child. An unconscious step back. Please, headmistress, please. This has been an, an, an unusual day. She takes another step forward. Cecilia, give me the child. takes another half step towards you. All right, come with me. She's going to very quickly run back out. Yeah, to you turn around and you bump into Teddy. Teddy! Teddy, we have to find the others. No, I found a safe place. Uh, just uh, let me let me hold hold Eli. Uh, oh, no, no, Teddy. No, no, no. No, it's, it's a room that locks. It's, it's perfect. But we should get the others, too. Look, give me the protection. I'll take Eli to the room and it, it, I, I figured it out. What did you figure out? There's a there's a there's a room that locks in the basement. It's a hiding place, like a, bo- a bomb shelter. Um, Teddy, as you're talking, you see Anne in the background. She turns around into her closet, opens it up, and she pulls out a knife silently. Cecilia is going to reach out her hand. She's going to like put it on the side of Teddy's face, and she's going to look into his eyes and say, "Teddy, what's wrong? We're all going to die if you don't give me the baby." What do you mean? What does that mean? Teddy, you see Anne take a half step closer to Cecilia's back. She has all the time in the world. I think that she's making physical contact. She's trying to be, she's switched into caregiver mode. She's trying to calm Teddy down. She feels like something is like... Yeah, Teddy, you feel Cecilia's hand caress your cheek. There's a moment in her eyes as your eyes flick to the knife behind and then back to Cecilia's. I, I don't want you to die. You have to trust me for, for just for right now. I do trust you, Teddy. You just need to tell me what it is I'm trusting. And can I roll for psychoanalysis to try? Is that how you bump someone out of their bout of madness or something? Yeah, do how do you do it? Oh, no, come on. I rolled a 92. <gasps> push it, push, push it, push this. it. I do want to push this. the roll. Oh, I love that. Push it. She's going to kind of like position Eli a little bit out of the way, but do kind of like a half-body embrace so that her face is like, her cheek is touching Teddy's cheek, um, and she's going to like hold him, and she's holding the baby and holding him, and she's just like, Teddy, Teddy, it's me. Just tell me what's wrong. And I'm going to roll this again. Please, mother. I don't care which way this goes. It's going to be great. A fumble will be great. A fail, a success. Anything will be great. I failed. <gasps> oh, here we go. And I can't spend luck on a push roll, right? No. Mm-mm. All right. Teddy's going to 
bite into Cecilia's cheek as kind of a distraction, almost like he's like getting into a fresh pie. During that moment of surprise, steal Eli away from her arms and spin her so that Cecilia sees the sister coming at her with the knife. Teddy, you bite Cecilia's cheek and you spin her around and you see the knife, Cecilia, and the baby gets pulled from your arms, but you resist. Give me a contested roll. All right, we doing strength or fight and brawl? Whichever you both would like. Contested strength rolls. I'm that strong. I have a hard success. I also have a hard success. Nice. So what's your strength number? 50. You win. I'm 45. Nice. Cecilia, Teddy grabs the baby from your arms and tries to pull it, but you resist holding the baby close with all of your might. What do you do, Cecilia? The bite elicited a pain yelp, and then as she realizes Teddy is coming for the baby and that the mother has a a, a knife, she's going to call out, Walt! Albert! She's going to call out for, for backup. Amazing. You scream. You stumble back holding the baby as the headmistress holds the knife and smiles. You sort of back up down the hall nervously from Teddy and the headmistress, who seem to be almost in line with each other. And then from the side door, you see the door swing open and Claudette stick her head out and confusing look between everybody. She walks out and says, Headmistress, get back in your room, child. What's going on, Cecilia? Albert Wall, you burst into the other end of the dining hall from the entryway. Leanne still breaking through the front door to see Anne with a knife, Teddy by her side. Claudette down the hall, you hear her screaming. Cecilia's holding the child and bleeding. And then the only thing that Cecilia can think to say at that moment... Teddy bit me. <laughs> that's so good. That's amazing. That's awesome. I'm that's sorry. Awesome. I'm sorry. Amazing. We all we all saw that coming. <laughs> I think I blew my chance with Cecilia. Um, <laughs> for jerseys. When I see Albert and Walt come in, I'm gonna try to flee. Cool. Maybe where Claudette came from. Perfect. Teddy, you turn and run down the hall towards Claudette, who sort of looks at Teddy confused, looks at the headmistress. The headmistress screams and begins running after you, Cecilia. Walt, Albert, you're standing just at the door to the dining hall, and the door to the south bursts open. You see Leanne climb on top of the things you've piled there, and she steps down into the hallway. What do you do, Cecilia? I think she looks at the headmistress, and then she looks at Leanne... And then she says to Leanne, she's trying to hurt your child. Albert, Walt, what do you two do? Stand there and watch in frozen terror. (laughs) Pro move. Pro move. Walt wants to get in between Cecilia and the head mother if she's still coming at her. And he's actually going to beeline in on the head mother. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, the head mother is like running at Cecilia. You point, you attack the head mother, you clothesline her. What do you do? Punch out a nun. Oh, you know, clotheslining a nun is something I've never done in a Call of Cthulhu game before, so that sounds absolutely wonderful. Do it. But here's the thing. What he really wants (laughs) are the keys. Ah. So he will make an aggressive action at her, but if he could really just do a sleight of hand and get these damn keys, that's what he wants. He just wants the keys. He wants to leave. Cool. Yeah, give me a sleight of hand roll. All right. We're all kind of doing the same thing, right? You want the keys, I want the baby. (laughs) We all want things. This is a beautiful 91 over his gorgeous sleight of hand, by the way. So you're like, you run up and you try to fumble it, but maybe you don't run past, do you try to push it? Oh, you know I'm going to push it. Absolutely. So if he's moving up uh, towards this woman with an aggressive action and like while he's, you know, pushing her back with his left hand, he's trying to slip his right hand into her pocket. 
uh, he realizes that, you know what, maybe, maybe this isn't going to work. And maybe Cecilia's plan with targeting the mom onto this headmistress might work out for him. So he is going to attempt to spin her towards Leanne's direction and do that last attempt to grab the keys out of that pocket. Congratulations, everyone. That is another failed push roll. Oh, I no. ain't slayed nobody. <laughs> We're in a club. We should get t-shirts made. Guys, his sleight of hand is so high. <laughs> yeah, you try to push it and you kind of linger there for too long. And she hits you with the knife. I love it. Swings it at you and slices your gut. Yes. Take 1d6 damage as this knife slides across your gut. Ooh, I like this a lot. Big knife. That's big damage, too. That's five points down. Yeah, she Ooh. slices your gut open as you stumble over Walt, and you're bleeding profusely onto the floor. Yes. Yes. Albert, you're standing there watching Cecilia trying to redirect this creature's care, but her eyes, black as a shark's eyes, are transfixed on the bundle in Cecilia's hands. She seems unfazed. Cecilia. Give Eli to the nun. No, Albert. Don't you understand? Leanne is going to kill whoever's got the baby. Oh. And I'd rather that wasn't you. Okay. She's going to take the necklace off of herself. She's going to put it on the baby. And then, and like, but kind of tuck it into the the, the blanket and all the swaddling that's around Eli. Um, And then just hate in her eyes. She's going to walk this baby over to the, to the headmistress. Yeah, the headmistress is grinning as she takes the baby from your arms and smiles as Leanne approaches her. And she sort of points the knife with one hand at Leanne and says, Back off! I'll just say to Leanne, you see that knife? She's going to kill your baby. Leanne snaps her neck towards the headmistress and walks again, her hands stretched out on either side. And you see now in the lamplight... The tips of her fingers are black, completely frostbitten, near falling off as she walks, her feet black as well, her skin pale, almost translucent, and her hair, it hangs down in frozen icicles as she approaches the headmistress, and she reaches out with her hands towards baby Eli. The headmistress holds the knife shakily. What are you doing? Get back! Who are you? And as Leanne approaches, she reaches out and grabs the knife as it cuts through Leanne's hand but she seems unfazed. She bends the knife out of the headmistress's hands, breaking her fingers as she does and drops the knife onto the floor. The headmistress panics, starts to pull her hand back but Leanne snatches it, breaks her hand at the wrist. You see it snap and the bone protrudes as blood starts piling down the floor next to Walt. Leanne steps into the blood pile, leaving bloody footprints as she's backing Anne up against the wall. Fear in Anne's eyes, Leanne reaches out and grabs her lower jaw and snaps it and pulls it off as stretches of skin and viscera are pulled off as her scream begins to stretch like an accordion. She throws the bone to the ground and then drives her fingers in a pointed way through the back of her throat and into the wooden wall behind. She is dejawed as the baby begins to fall and Leanne snatches it from underneath. Anne falls over dead and she turns around bloody handprints on this new blanket, Leanne, and she begins walking out the front door. I'm going to do something really stupid. Excellent. I'm I'm going to stand between Leanne and the doorway, just hands up, trying to look harmless. Leanne... 
again. I know, I know you love Eli. I know you only want what's best for him, but you, you got to understand, he's alive. You, you take him out there in that snowstorm. You take him to wherever you're going to go. Take him to, and and all the work you've done protecting him, everything you've done trying to save him. You can't undo that. You're just going to kill him out there. You don't want that, do you? You're doing this because you love him. Don't kill him out of love. She doesn't break step as she continues walking directly towards you. Do you step out of the way at the last minute? Fundamentally, Albert is a coward. He is not any good in a fight. He is not strong. He is not big. But I think under the circumstances, he's just going to stand there. Albert, you stand there as this figure, her hands wet with blood, dripping trails as she walks down the hallway towards you. She approaches, and as she approaches, she is unmoving. She walks directly into you, and as she does, you sort of feel her force just unmoving. You almost try to stop her at first. She pushes you aside, sort of drags her fingers across your stomach as she cuts through your clothes with her fingernails, her frozen fingernails. Take 1d4 damage. That's only one damage, happily. But she continues to walk towards the exit. Teddy, what are you doing? You're running south down this boy's dorm. There's the big bay windows at the end. You see Anne dead behind you, lying in a pool. You're continually running. Claudette is behind you. I wanted to grab Claudette by the wrist and say, I know know a safe place. Follow me. I know an escape. Give me a fast talk. I've rolled a 20. I don't have enough luck to get there. I have five in fast talk. Um, so I'm, I'm explaining this as I'm basically dragging her. Yeah, you drag her arm and she looks at you and she snaps her hand out and she punches you in the nose. <laughs> Do I take damage or is it just a punch in the nose? Maybe you bleed a little bit and she goes, You don't seem like a good person. Go to hell. <laughs> can, I, can I try to grab her and carry her out? Yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. She'll contest you. Yeah, I'm trying to help you. Uh, you'll thank me later. Probably fight Brawl. This is the part of the movie where it would like flash back to Claudette's upbringing. She ain't a fucking pushover. She's scared because she thought she was outnumbered. But now that she's up against the wall, she's like, nah, nah, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, she succeeds. Yeah. So there's like an awkward grapple where the, the two of you are like, and she's like, get off, get off, you creep. I love the big climactic scene here being a slap fight between a florist and a nun. Damn. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, Teddy, she doesn't come with you. What do you do? Yeah, I think that I am uh, desperate. I thought that maybe Claudette was young enough to bring to the woods to get out of this situation. So now my idea is to try to steal the car and drive as far away from here as I can. Excellent. So you need the keys from Anne's dead body. Is there any way I could have gotten there before him since he ran away? Because he for sure is going to take Yeah, Teddy, you're running back towards Anne. And while you crawl over to to the keys and you're searching her pockets and you find them, as Teddy, you approach, you see Walt holding these keys with bloody hands. Well, well, I need the keys. I'll pull the car around. We've got to get out of here. Go to hell, Teddy. And he's going to pull himself up to his feet. I'm trying to... We have to leave. Did you see what the nuns did? What Cecilia did? Uh, They're trying to kill the baby, I think. He and Mom just walked out that way. Cecilia, you're sort of standing off there, too. You... You know, you see this happening as well. Once again, he did bite me. I, I remember. It's just a bite. I didn't rip the jaw off. I think that hearing from Walt that the mom has the baby, Teddy realizes there's still a chance now to get the baby. Mm. So he's going to chase after Leanne and try to get Eli back to take to the woods. 
Amazing. Cecilia, you run over to see Walt, like, bleeding out of the gut. Walt looks more hurt than Albert. Then she would triage and kind of, like, go to Walt first and try to help. Yeah, Albert, you see Leanne continually walking towards the front door. She's maybe 20 feet from the front hall door. You're sort of in that main hall as well, now kind of off to the side, just holding your stomach a little bit to make sure you're fine. Cecilia, you've wrapped up Walt. And Albert, as you're leaning against the wall, you see Teddy burst into this front hall as well and run up to Leanne. Teddy, what do you do? I'm going to take out some little pruning scissors and try to stab them into the woman's back as she walks away with Eli. Oh, amazing. This is going to work out great for you. I'm really excited. Yeah, you stab her in the back and you don't even have to roll because she's not a moving target. She, you just run up and stab her in the back and you kind of... Well, could she have two hit points? I mean, she's yeah, she, pro- it's probably fine. She's probably <laughs> dead. She, she's definitely not undead. Uh, <laughs> and you drag the scissors up a little bit and you see sort of this like, you know, congealed blood slowly seep out and she sort of stops. Yeah, she'll take four damage too. I did roll the max. Yeah, she takes four damage and she turns around towards you and looks at you. When I have the opportunity, I'd like to take the scissors and jam them into one of her eyes. Yeah, you pull the scissors back out and uh, she goes to grab your neck. Ooh. I rolled a 13, which is a hard success for me. Yeah, so she grabs your neck and you fight back. While those scissors are in her eye, I'm gonna try to wrestle Eli away from her and run away. Yeah, you try to pull the baby from her arm, and her arm is as strong as the iron downstairs. It's just not moving. And as you're, like, pulling at this baby and your eyes flick to the door that she burst through, which looks like shrapnel now, and as you kind of flash back to remembering that this jaw was pulled off of this woman with, like, ease, and the wrist was broken with almost little resistance, you kind of regret your decision to get close to this woman. This is your find out moment, Teddy. Yeah. Uh, Teddy, I'll let you give me one roll to try to break the grapple she has on your throat. Uh, this is the end we all knew was coming. I rolled an 86. Oh. On that. <laughs> oh, good for you. Teddy, you feel her fingers tightening around your throat. And at first, it's just kind of choking you. And then you feel her fingers starting to tighten. Teddy, you look at Albert, who's cowering in the corner. What do you say? Burn my store. Torch it. Albert, what do you do? Just turn away. And then you feel the pierce of her fingers as they begin ripping into the sides of your throat and around your neck. She squeezes your windpipe and touches her own fingertips as they bite through the skin of your neck. And she turns her hand, sort of wrapping it around the throat, as she begins pulling out, and a seam opens along the top of your chest and the underside of your mouth, as she begins pulling your esophagus out from your neck like a snake. It wraps its way down, and as she pulls harder and harder, she begins driving her hand down, cutting your ribs across, snap them open, and with a yank, she pulls the throat out and it comes along with the top of your stomach and the bottom of your tongue as it just falls to the ground and you open like a seam fall over with your chest split open and she turns around unfazed by the knife in her eye and begins walking out the front door Cecilia, Albert, Walt I imagine Cecilia and Walt sort of run in to see the end of this and Albert you get up, the three of you are watching her walk out towards the darkness, Walt you have the keys, what do the three of you do? Was there anything, anything at the, at the, at the, 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 the morgue, anything 
that we've seen that could... Hmm. What the hell? He's going to run to the car, grab the teddy bear, and then chase off into the woods. Cecilia, Walt, you see Albert run off to the car as if he's got an idea, totally confused. You, you Do you follow him out? Leanne is still sort of walking almost past the car, paying you no mind. You see Albert throw open the car door and grab the teddy bear and run off. What do you do, Cecilia, Walt? Cecilia would follow. If there are any lanterns, like, anywhere within grabbing distance on her way out, she would, yeah, grab one up and kind of run after him. You snatch it. Yeah. You grab it and you follow Albert into the darkened woods. Walt, you're bleeding out. Walt is slipping into the driver's seat of that car. He is going to turn the engine on. He is going to check his uh, uh, his side view and his rear view mirrors. Uh, he's going to look at the depth of the snow and then... Well, can Cecilia do one thing when uh, when she's, like, running by? If, if like, Walt kind of went out before her, remembering how Walt, like, threw himself at uh, the headmistress and she is interpreting that as, like, helping to save her. If he's sitting in the front seat, she'll lean in, give him a kiss on the cheek and say, thank you so much. Uh, and then she'll run after, uh, after <sighs> Albert. Aww. He will turn on the headlights nice. and face the car in that direction so they have some illumination. And then he's going to pull out his pocket watch and if this isn't resolved in 10 minutes or he sees blood drop, he's leaving. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, Cecilia, you run out to Albert, but you see Albert, you're like trekking across this field of thick snow. You're holding this teddy bear out. You're like careening forward, calling out. You're shuddering as the wind whips wildly around you. <laughs> Leanne. And as you call out to Leanne, she stops and she turns around to just see you holding this teddy bear. Remember, remember who Eli is. Just... I, I, I know a lot's changed, and I know it's frightening. I know you're scared. But just try to remember. Remember who you are. Remember what's important to you. Remember how much you love your son and what you've done for him. You're going to hurt him if you carry on like this. There's a moment, as you're shaking in the blistering cold, you see... The tag that was on the teddy bear, just sort of shining in the moonlight. To my darling Eli, written in a young girl's hand. That tag that spoke to you when it sat with this baby, this gift, this first gift for this child. And she begins walking towards you, Albert. Cecilia runs up behind you, trudging through the snow, sort of standing at your side. The two of you, your breaths blooming in the freezing cold. The lights from the car shining behind you. She's bathed in light. The two of you cast in shadow. Walt, you're watching with the stopwatch on the dash, counting down the seconds as this figure approaches. She holds the child, her completely dead black eyes, almost curiously studying the gift in your hand, the gift that she bought for her child. Albert, you're leaning forward and in a moment she drops Eli into the snow. Cecilia dives, like dives for the child. <laughs> yeah, it just whoop, sinks in and begins crying and you scoop it up and kind of brush snow from its face and Albert, you see her reach out with cold, blood-covered hands and she takes the teddy bear and she brings it close to her chest as if it were a child she wraps her arms around it she looks down at it with a sadness we'll make sure he's safe 
and she turns around and she heads off into the woods. The drive back to Arkham is quiet, contemplative, serene. Your time at the Longdale House and what you experienced this night will stay with each of you for the rest of your lives. And while little Eli's future remains uncertain, Cecilia, you find a strange comfort in knowing that this child will be a part of your life, no matter what you choose to do with him. Walt, Cecilia, and Albert are forever scarred by the horrors that they endured, and what lingers beyond a sense of a larger unseen world is a whisper, an ever-present needling at the base of their necks that sounds an awful lot like Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to Ain't Slayed Nobody. For ad-free episodes, lots of bonus content, and special programming, please join our Wolf Pack at patreon.com slash ain't slayed, or subscribe to Ain't Slayed Nobody Plus at Apple Podcasts. Nothing helps the show more than becoming a subscriber. See our show notes for full credits, and help us grow by posting friendly reviews and spreading the word to your friends and followers. Thank you, and good luck out there.